Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Walking on down the line. You know I saw for the very first time. A pretty little girl standing all alone. Hey, pretty baby, can I take you home? I never saw her, never, never saw her. Hey, my. I think it's just more or less the mindset and the confidence that you're going to find a way to pull out the victory. You look at the majority of the games in this league, and a lot of them come down to the last drive of the game. That's just the reality that shows the competitive balance that's, that exists in this league. And, but I, I do think there's something to being able to battle for four quarters and, and find a way to pull it out. And We've been fortunate that we've, we've done that every game but one. Wendy's Big Show on the Fan, 105.7 FM, 1250 AM in the free radio.com app. 414-799-1250 is the phone number live at 105.7 FM, thefan.com. Wendy's Fresh Never Frozen Inbox. Tommy James and the Shondells like are winner James, on man. a throwback Thursday. Last week, that's what you're hearing coming out of the break. That you just heard over the top of him was Matt LaFleur on the Packers winning in the fourth quarter this year and being able to finish out games, something that is uh, very, very important when you have a ground game like the Packers do, we talked to David Bakhtiari about it on Tuesday, being able to impose your will and finish a team off, one of the most rewarding things an offensive line can do. It's got to be one of the most rewarding things for a first-year head coach that wants to run the football, being able to finish a game off like that. Courtesy of Potawatomi Hotel and Casino, PaysBig.com. Our Green and Gold football reporter Mike Clemens is here, and he had a chance to talk with Mark Murphy earlier today. Hello, Mike. How are you, boys? Let me ask you a question, Gary. Go ahead, Mike. Ask me. Charles Woodson, Al Harris, being inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame Saturday night, April 18th, uh, atrium, next spring at Green and uh, Lambeau Field. Will Mike McCarthy be one of the guests? Oh. Well, I don't know. He, he should be. I'm efforting to try to get um, Charles yes. Woodson on for our show tomorrow. Most mm-hmm. certainly, I'm going to ask him. I, I, th- I, I think he's. I think he should be. I think the biggest question is, will Mike McCarthy show up if he is? I don't know if he would or not. Well. Because I don't know how many, and I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know how many friends. I mean, I mean, it, it, it sounds like Mark Murphy still has a soft place in his heart for 
Mike McCarthy. And then whenever I talk to him, he talks very glowingly of him. So, well, and Murphy has said publicly um, that you know there'll be a time where he wants. He said that at Ted's thing this because because Mike McCarthy should be inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So that that's got to come down to. So at just some like point. Favre, they want him to be a part of the legacy yeah. moving yes. on. Yes, have to be. You know, you know that you know Ted gets the credit for signing Woodson, but uh, McCarthy changed Woodson. Well, McCarthy brought the hammer down. Yes. I mean, you know, uh, it was a mid-course correction in Charles' career about that he needed to step up and be a leader, and and uh, and, and that he was a key figure, obviously, in them getting to a Super Bowl. Right, right. Anyway, um, you know, 22 players on the injury list. Everybody participated. Nobody's out. Even Robert Tanyan's been out a couple of weeks with the, the hip. Some people think Devontae's going to go this Sunday. By the way, they what they see in practice or the feel in the locker room, I still I, I think they should try and not worry about an AFC game opponent and, you know, wait till he's 100% for one week and then wait the week after that, you know, before they bring him in. So, you know, that's what's going on there. Brian Balaga, you know, he broke his his uh, a ring finger in the game against the Chiefs. He left, he went into the X to get an X-ray. He was concerned. It was in such pain. He, when he looked down, he thought it was he was going to see a bone sticking out. Mm. Man, those are so painful to have, Mike. I, oh, I'm just yeah. telling you, man. When you have those kinds of fingers that just they can get caught so easily into those jerseys and bent back in ways like that, it's it's amazing that he's going to be able to go. But the club was is just not going to be an option for Brian, right? Well, that's what he said. You know, uh, earlier in the week, uh, mentioned that to one of the guys talking to him. Now the deal is, though, uh, they are healthy at defensive end. They got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, and so Balaga and Bakhtiari have to deal with this guy. By the way, they did give some props to Alex Light, who played both some left and right tackle mm-hmm. in that Chiefs game for 14 snaps. A pretty amazing, you know, a feat for that kid. And also, um, Lafleur was big on Elton Jenkins and just how, as a rookie, second round pick, this guy has, you know, stepped up at left guard. And is one of the guys, you know, with that competitive offensive line room. But Lafleur was asked about the challenge this week with the Chargers' pass rush with Ingram and Bosa. Man, they're they are a great duo that can wreck a game. You know, as far as they stack up as good as any tandem in the National Football League, in my opinion. I think those guys. I got a lot of respect for them. I know they're both. They've had their their necks as well, but went up against them last year and when I was with the Titans, and like I said, you better account for those guys at all times, otherwise they can wreck a game. And they're they're top-notch guys, and, and I saw Joey Bosa play a lot in college. Now you're obviously seeing his brother Nick for the 49ers, and you'll see him tonight just continuing to wreck. He's probably the front-runner for defensive rookie of the year, but for what they can do on, on each side, they like to use Ingram, Mike, a little bit like the Packers do with Zadarius Smith and moving him inside and out and kind of being a little bit more of a floating guy where Bosa's going to line up out on a tackle and try to beat you with speed. Yeah, you know, and these charges have lost games, but it's because of the offense. It's not because of their defense, and that's another reason a lot of people had the Chargers, you know, going to be at the top of the heap at the AFC this year, the way they were coming off last year. Gus Bradley's the defensive coordinator. Gus Bradley's the guy that built the Legion of Doom, you know, mm-hmm. um, up in Seattle back in the day, and he's, you know, had a head coaching gig there for a while. Yeah, in Jacksonville. Yes, sir. And then, um, and then what about Casey Hayward? Of all the players that got out the door during the Ted Thompson era, is that the biggest 
you know, mistake that maybe he should have kept the guy. And to me, I when he didn't bring back Casey Hayward, I was fine with it because Casey had a tremendous rookie season, showed all kinds of promise flying around the field. He looked almost about like what Jair did last year. He had tremendous speed. Then he had the leg injury the next year, was out most of the year. When he came back, he didn't seem to be as fast or as aggressive. Or was it because they just kept putting him in the slot and they didn't give him the opportunity to cover guys? But Aaron Rodgers was asked about now that Casey's this Pro Bowl player out in L.A. for the Chargers, what does he think about going against Casey Hayward this Sunday? Yeah, I think he's better. You know, I always uh, really enjoyed going against him uh, in practice. He was a great teammate, a great locker room guy. Was sincerely surprised when you know we didn't uh, didn't offer him a contract to bring him back. You know he made himself into an all-pro corner. Um, you know with just more opportunities when he was with us, he was playing primarily in the slot. He's figured out how to play really really well outside and and predominantly outside now um, in their scheme. And he's got great ball skills. He's a heady player. He's savvy vet. Um, and you have to be very wary of what you want to throw to that side. Casey Hayward and Micah Hyde, two guys that Mike just a lot of Packer fans are so frustrated got away uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Casey Hayward, though, when he did turn into that pro bowler, he didn't speak too glowingly about the Green Bay organization, did he, on his way out? No, he did not. And and the Micah Hyde one, that one I did question. Because remember, he came up with that huge pick down in Dallas. Um, and was just fingertips away from having the big one at Lambeau in the playoff game against the Niners. Yeah, I have good recall. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, Micah, you know, not the fastest guy back there, but just right. a smart player, made big plays, you know, in the clutch, seemed like that. Now, uh, some people that you know, were watching the game on TV, I guess there's this replay um, where uh, the ball that Rodgers threw to Jake Kummerall and from the ground cameras, the ball, the ball looks like it curved. It looks like a curveball. And I, you know, I, you, I hear that when I go visit to the opposing team locker room. I hear that from safeties and linebackers all the time, like, Dude throws a curveball, and so, so we asked Aaron about that. I mean, are you able to make the ball slice like in that throw to Jake Kummerall? Well, the wind was kind of coming from the left a little bit, so I think the wind, the wind pushed it uh, in a helpful direction. The, you know, the righty's ball, especially rolling to the right, naturally tails a little bit to the right. So you know, if you get a good spin on the ball, it should fall a little bit right, and the wind was kind of helping from the left as well. And then he winked. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like he did in the in the press conference when he talked about the touchdown to Jamal Williams. He's like, well, I knew there was somebody behind yes. Jimmy, and the guy behind him was able to get and it. And he winked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what that means, right? Leroy man? Butler's about to throw up. What does that mean, Roy? Boy, he's he doing it for the media, guys. He know Mike them like that stuff. So I'm, I'm concerned about this football game. I don't know. I'm more concerned about it than I was going against the Chiefs. And it's just mm-hmm. because you keep on going up and down the lineup, and you see – you know, I mean, the, the running back to Austin Echo, the guy, they, they've gone four games now since Melvin came back, since Melvin Gordon came back, and they have not been able to rush for more than 40 yards, which, like, sets some sort of horrible record that goes back to the 40s or something of a team that couldn't, that has that poor of a running game with that kind of a backfield. That's why they fired their coordinator. So Ken Wisenhunt, the former head yeah. coach of the Cardinals, that took uh, Kurt Warner and those guys to the Super Bowl and lost on that last play uh, from Big Ben and the Steelers, um, and Wisenhunt, uh, you know, is a disciplinarian guy. That's what worked for him. Sometimes it tends to grind on him. Other times, Anthony Lynn, fullback, you competed against him when he was playing for the Broncos and special teams in the Super Bowl. And then Shanahan took him under his wing, made him an assistant coach, 
And so uh, he's been an offensive coordinator. He took over when Rex Ryan was fired up in the Buffalo Bills. You know, is it, if you've got a, quote, playoff potential team, you know, aren't you in trouble when you're firing coordinators midseason? Well, the answer to that is 2012, Ravens, Cam Cameron gets fired by John Harbaugh. They're 9-2, and two, mm-hmm. but they need every win they need. And he's just not satisfied with what he's doing with Flacco in the offense. So they fire him, bring in Jim Caldwell, and win the damn Super Bowl. So this is where Anthony Lynn's coming from. Like, you know what? We need to make the change. Yep. So he puts in his, you know, his quarterback coach with that. And uh, Philip Rivers talked about the change from Wisenhunt to his QB coach. They'll be calling the plays on Sunday. Something like that happens. You, you're disappointed as, as a player that you didn't play better. You know, I think first and foremost, uh, a lot of respect for Wiz. Had had uh, had some great memories. Um, we just shoot. We haven't we haven't been good enough. Uh, it's obviously the first eight weeks. We just hadn't been good enough offensively. At the same time, uh, you know, excited for Shane uh, and, and certainly uh, are very much on the same page. We 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 talk. We talk all the time, obviously, in, ins and outs of everything. Obviously, being a, being our position coach, and uh, very much think alike. Um, so, you know, be different voice in the in the helmet, obviously, but uh, the way we communicate, I don't see there being any problem there at all. I think what this means is more misdirection in the backfield because uh, Anthony Lynn is a Shanahan guy, mm-hmm. and I also think that it, that you know Philip Rivers wants to try and take more shots at different times. Now the Packers. They've given up 36 explosive gains this season, and 26 of those have come on first down. And so, you know, LaFleur was asked about that, and he said, well, yeah, you know what? As an, as an offensive play caller, you tend to, if you got first and 10 and a fresh, fresh set of downs and nice-looking field and you got, you're kind of into the flow, yeah, that's when you're more likely to call the shot plays. But the Packers' defense and Patton, they've got to do a better job of anticipating those situations because, you know, obviously they've given up a lot of them. The good news is once those teams tend to get into the, the red zone or the strike zone, uh, then they, they do a better job of tightening up and they keep those guys off the scoreboard. Mike, before we get into some Mark Murphy conversation, because I know you had a chance to, to hear from him today, think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer at this point? I, yeah, I think so. I think the stats are there, and he's certainly been done it, done it over a long period of time. And all the different, uh, you know, coaches and players that he's gone through, I, I, I think that he would have have to be under consideration. Not, you know, not first ballot, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think that somewhere down the road. And then if he got a ring, I think that would be a lot. No doubt. Yeah. It, it, it's tough because you're you're seeing a lot of these guys, even like the Matthew Staffords of the world, who have all the stats to be able to get there, and, and maybe the winning will be what, what ends up holding them out. Mark Murphy's got to be proud, and a lot of credit needs to go to Mark Murphy, Mike. I mean, I know we talk a lot about Matt LaFleur, talk a lot about Brian Gutekunst and the guys that he brought in. Mark Murphy's the one that put those two in the positions that they're in right now. Well, and the conversation you know, last off season was, is Mark Murphy meddling too much now? When he talks about he's going to make the GM and the coach come to his office, you know, and is, is he going to get involved in game plans? Is he going to get involved in the draft? And, and you know, really he, it seemed like he had the final say as to it was going to be Matt LaFleur, not the general manager, which means he's breaking from the tradition that Harlan set up with Ron Wolf and all those kinds of concerns. And Mark Murphy was the, the guy who said, I played football for the Redskins. I, I've been an athletic director. I've hired coaches. I, you know, I know football. And no offense to Bob Harlan, that was a PR marketing guy who needed a football guy 
to make those coaching decisions, to make those total roster decisions. And he's not involved in the roster decisions, but he's, he, what he wants to make sure that the process is different because he talked about the silos. And, you know, we're hearing these stories now. Like you talk to Oren Burks, who I know you guys were talking about earlier in the, game, in the show. Uh, you know, he's, they're gradually bringing him back with the harness and the pectoral muscle. He's made some nice plays. He had a nice stop on the, on the opening kickoff last week on special teams. But I don't know if he's there 100% to help with the running game if, and, and to help out Blake Martinez, who needs some help. Um, but Oren Burks, I said, um, so, you know, you were a third-round pick. I mean, uh, did you have any contact with the Packers before? Or, or what about your position coach, mm-hmm. Ken Olivadotti, who's from the Redskins? He goes, yeah, actually, Ken started calling me when I was in high school. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before he went mm-hmm. to Vanderbilt, the Redskins linebacker coach, who's now your inside linebacker coach in Green Bay, was talking to this kid. Um, you hear from Mike Smith about working with uh, Preston Smith and working with uh, Zadarius Smith when they were at the Ravens. And so more and more, more and more talk to these players, a lot of these guys have been brought in in the last 18 months have connections to this coaching staff. Before, you had Mike McCarthy with 10, 15 coaches that were all locked up in Green Bay the last 10, 25 years. You know, they weren't out there in the field. Whereas these guys that they've brought in from San Francisco and Texans and the Falcons and all these, they've worked with some of these players or they've been out there kind of scouting around in, in different ways that the previous coaching staff did not have that access to. And, and now I get the sense that Brian Gutekunst is going down the hallway. If he's got a guy on the board he's interested in, he'll say, hey, one of our coaches worked with that guy. He'll go down there and, and get that information. And I mm-hmm. said to Murphy, sometimes the best information is right down the hallway, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, I've been very pleased. I think the uh, communication has improved. Um, and, and, you know, it's not like we were awful before. Um, and, you know, um, we had a great run. It was just thought the change thought change was needed. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's a tribute to Matt and, and Brian Gutenkunst, I think. You know, they're both, both very open and communicating well with each other. And I think as a result of that, you know, everybody in football and everybody in the personnel side, uh, you know, they're, they're also more open with each other. And I think we're seeing the benefits of that. Mike, you remember when everyone thought that this was going to be the beginning of the end of the Green Bay Packers when Mark Murphy talked about the breaking down of silos, that we need more communication, and then people got to report to him. But he wanted everybody to meet and talk and all that kind of stuff. And folks thought this was just was not going to work. Right. And, and instead, instead, you upset the Bears week one. You got people talking about Rodgers not only being MVP, but perhaps comeback player of the year. And you got the new first-year head coach with a better record than Vince Lombardi. Wow. Just incredible stuff. It's an incredible turnaround for them to be able to be where they're at right now, Mike. And and the way you said it, a little bit nervous about this game. Is is it going to slow down for the Packers here? Yeah, you know, I mean, I asked Lafleur about that too, and you know, he he goes back to saying he's got to make that message strong to these guys. You don't take your foot off the gas here and be out there. And it's just, I've got a weird feeling because you know the Chargers are so much better a team. They make a move that. That shakes up an organization, and they've got enough good players that they're going to get attention. Plus, you know, it's going to be the Packers out there in sunshine and 80 degrees and a weird little stadium that seats 27,000. The good news is Murphy's convinced that place will be 60 
Packer fans, just judging by what they know from the ticket sales. But I, I don't know why. I got a, I haven't made my final prediction on the game yet. Maybe I'll see what if I got any more news coming out of L.A. and and the Chargers. But I think these guys could put up a fight. I think these the Chargers could put up a fight against Green Bay. All right, Mike. Appreciate it, man. PaysBig.com, gaming, spa, hotel, casino, anything you want. It's at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. PaysBig.com. Mike, appreciate it, man. We'll Happy talk soon. Halloween, Big Show. You too, buddy. Even though it feels like Christmas, apparently no outside. No kidding. Take Thanks it easy, that, buddy. That's Mike Clemens joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019, look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local, common sense lending to your community since 1935. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.